there, welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And this week, Scott has introduced me to quite a momentous film. An incredibly popular film in an iconic franchise. Scott, what are we watching today? Today we watched, in honor of... Mr. Sean Connery, rest in peace, Goldfinger. Woo, released in 1964. Yes, it is the highest rated James Bond movie ever. Yes, it it has a a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes of 99%. So the hype going into this was immense, I think. I mean, this this movie is iconic and legendary in many, many ways. It was the fastest grossing movie in history at the time of its release. The budget for this film was $3 million, and the worldwide gross was a whopping $51 million in 1964. That's a lot of money. Like, wow. It also was the first Bond film to win an Oscar. It won the Oscar for Best Sound Effects in 1965. It is one of those movies that, to call yourself a Bond fan, you have to see. You have to have watched this movie. But this is one of those movies that everybody knows. Everybody knows some of the lines. Even if you hadn't seen the movie, you know some of the lines. Yeah, I I knew the basics going into this movie like I knew the just a drink a martini shaken not stirred oh you expect me to talk no Mr. Bond I expect you to die (laughs) yes exactly but to be fair um I (laughs) I not only recognize the lines for their iconicness in James Bond lore I also recognized some of the similarities to Austin Powers <laughs> in this movie. They have a, a, a parody version of Odd Job. They have Gold Member, obviously. You see, Mr. Powers, I love gold. The look of it, the taste of it, the smell of it, the texture. Those little nods made me laugh on the inside. But I really did enjoy watching Sean Connery be Sean Connery in this. Yeah. It was quite fun. He's adorable. There's a reason most people can't separate James Bond from Sean Connery because of what he's done with this role. Without him, I don't think this role is as big as it is. While, yes, Ian Fleming made the character for the book series and it was such a big hit that you allowed it to become this juggernaut that James Bond has become... Sean Connery has now made this role a movie star role. That's why it's always, when you talk about the next James Bond, it's always a big discussion. Yeah, and by this point, this was his third Bond movie. So you would expect, as with a lot of franchises, especially nowadays, like the first movie is good. The second movie's not as good, maybe, but like still okay. And then after that, it's like a shit show. But apparently, Connery only got better 
as the movies went on in his in his tenure as James Bond. Well, because I don't think Bond is the same thing as like a series. Like if you compare like Halloween, it's supposed to be a linear story. Every story is supposed to take place one after the other and you've kind of have a line. James Bond isn't really like that. James Bond, you can kind of jump into whatever movie you want to jump into and then watch the movie. If I threw on Dr. No right now, you wouldn't have really needed to watch that to watch Goldfinger. You wouldn't need to watch GoldenEye to watch The World Is Not Enough. Right, I get you. It wasn't until Daniel Craig came and they attached those movies together that you had like a linear storyline. And even then, you don't really need to. I consider it almost like a giant TV series almost. Because everyone's based off a different book. Right, that makes sense. What I also found interesting in doing research for this, a lot of the people behind the scenes are really entrenched in the James Bond family. Oh, yeah. The director of this film, for example, is Guy Hamilton. This was one of the four Bond films that he directed. One of the writers on this movie, Richard Maibaum, I think is how you say it. This was one of 13 Bond films that he wrote. And also on top of that, the cinematographer has done multiple Bond films. The composer of this movie, John Barry, has done multiple Bond films. Although he's also done the score for movies like Howard the Duck. So let's not get too excited about him. That's the duck, man. Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. Coming from George Lucas. Howard the Duck is another movie that we don't need to discuss very much. All we need to know is duck boobs okay move on <laughs> so yeah i just i thought that was really interesting how once you're kind of in the in the click you're in it for the long haul it seems uh well yes because a ian fleming's estate still owns the rights to james bond so anybody who gets involved in the franchise has to go for ian fleming's estate they have to approve anybody involved in this which is kind of a big deal when you talk about MGM's money maker, because this is the only thing that really makes MGM any money anymore. But uh, James Bond has been a big part of my life for a long time. As much as I love Sean Connery, he's not my favorite Bond. He's my second favorite Bond. Who's your favorite then? I- I'm a big Pierce Brosnan fan, but I'm also a 90s kid. I love Goldeneye. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But even still, I-, I understand that Sean Connery made this role. He really did. Everything about James Bond you get from Sean Connery. Even though technically, Sean Connery is nothing like James Bond. He has charisma and all that good stuff. But he's more of a rough and tumble guy. He's not really a suave go-getter. He's he's <laughs> he's kind of a badass. James Bond's a badass. He is, but he's got a suave way about him. And he kind of goes through stuff very, like... The spy-oriented where he's charismatic. He gets women to fall in love with him. Uh, you can much rather see Connery dust up his knuckles and knock somebody in the face. So, what did you think initially? Like, what were your thoughts going into this? Um, well, my thoughts going in was that I knew it was super popular... And it was, like, one of the more iconic Bond films. I've never really been into James Bond. Not for any particular reason I just never was really exposed to it but I was looking forward to watching it I I think I got a little too caught up in the hype I I maybe was a little not disappointed because I did like it it's just I thought I was gonna like it more 
I, I got so uh, puffed up by all the, the hype in it. But I had fun with it. Bond would later become a lot more action-y. Mm-hmm. Again, this is 1964. You can only do so much. Right. But, I mean, it doesn't help when you fuck it. Like, there was one point where there's just a 20-minute sequence of Bond playing fucking golf with the villain. And I'm like, okay, this is the sport that we've chosen in our high-octane, action-y spy film. We chose the most boring sport in creation. Okay, that was really intelligent move well again you couldn't have had him play tennis maybe or croquet even would have been more exciting probably than golf well again if you look at goldfinger it's kind of hard he's not really an athletic looking guy so like don't have them play anything just have them do spy things why do you have to have him play golf because that is a spy thing it's no it's not he's getting close to the target oh my god that i was bored i'm like i shouldn't be bored right now but i'm bored i'm watching golf golf's no different from hockey requires talent self-discipline golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass you should talk to my neighbor the accountant probably a great golfer huge ass golf is boring I'm sorry for all of you 40 to 50 something year old men that listen to this show. I'm sure there are so many of you, but golf is boring. <laughs> oh, God. So, are you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty? Sure. Okay, so we start with the James Bond intro, which everybody knows it's the barrel of the gun. James Bond walks into frame, turns, shoots, and the blood runs down the screen. Yes, I I knew that. That was pretty iconic and fun. Yes, he goes into this first mission where he is in a scuba suit wearing a fake duck on his head. Oh, yeah, that was super weird. I was like the first frame seeing Sean Connery, and I'm like, this is how we open the movie with the fucking bird on his head. But then I thought about it because I I made the comment to Scott right away that like, oh, okay, we're jumping right into this. Like he's coming out of the water and running around and kicking motherfuckers asses. And I'm like, oh, okay, what the fuck's happening now? But like he made the point Bond's already an established character by this point. We don't really need to like take our time and introduce him to the audience. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's the third movie in the Connery world anyway. So, yeah, like I get it. Yeah, so he sets a bomb and blows up, I guess, like this oil tanker. And as he blows it up, he's talking to, uh, he goes and talks to, I guess, his handler, who's like, oh, there's going to be a plane to Miami. He goes, oh, I'll be on that plane, don't worry, but I have some unfinished business first. <laughs> and then I said, I proceeded to say, oh, he's going to go fuck some chick. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, he walks into a hotel room with a fucking naked girl in the bathtub. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think it was the dancer from the, in that scene. He walks into her room to make out with her and do what James Bond does. Mm. But there's someone there to kill him. Dun, dun, dun. A scuffle ensues. That's the other thing about later James Bonds. When he gets into, like, fist fights, it's a lot cleaner. Oh, oh yeah, but that I feel like that's a lot of older movies. The fight choreography is not nearly as crisp and oh, succinct not. as it is now. No, it's not, but I actually think that makes this seem more real. Yeah, I didn't mind the because when you fight, fighting, really. When you fight somebody, it's not clean. It's not like, oh, yeah, you throw a punch, I throw a punch. No, it's it was very rough and tumble. Eventually, Bond throws the guy into the tub, 
the guy grabs Bond's gun to shoot at James, and James throws a light into the tub. <laughs> and then he's like, shocking. <laughs> Very shocking. And I'm like, <laughs> that was so funny. Although, despite the fucking bullshit lines, Sean Connery is looking fine. The man was very, very, very handsome. Yeah. And that accent, though, that accent, that's part of it, too, his charm. Because it's like, he's not just, it's not just a regular old British accent. Like, he's got the very gruff voice going on. Yes, it is very distinct. And he is amazing. So, Bond walks out of the room. Then we cut to the theme song of this, Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Sung by Shirley Bassey, who is the same woman who did the song for Diamonds Are Forever and Moonraker. I recognized her voice. She sounds very familiar. So I, I like the song. And I, it, I like that the Bond movies have that tradition of the crazy opening credits with the song over it. I always like that. Well, especially early on, because as much as the song and then you got the woman in gold... They're actually showing scenes from the movie. Yeah, like in distorted. the... I noticed that, yeah. Uh, now it's just like, oh, women with like oh, who are on fire or smoke, like silhouettes of them. Mm-hmm. But it's still... Yeah, it's a great song. It's a little goofy, but you know what? It's still really cool. And right after that, we cut to Miami. Miami Beach. Ooh. Where James Bond is getting rubbed down by a lady. Because James Bond is a slut. Oh, yes. Such a slut. The sluttiest of sluts. <laughs> it's funny because his handler comes over to him and tells him, oh, we have a new mission for you. And he, he of course, he goes, I figured they didn't send me down to Miami Beach to enjoy myself. <laughs> and uh, they say, okay, you have to track this man, Auric Goldfinger. And he's like, who's that? And he's literally right over there about to play gin rummy with some guy. Yes. Um, the character of Goldfinger is very interesting, not just as the villain of the movie, but also just the backstory of how this character came to be in the movie. He's played by Gert Froba. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but I'm sorry. But oddly enough, throughout the movie... His voice is mostly dubbed by a man by the name of Michael Collins because Gert Froba's voice was so uh, heavily German accent that like they couldn't understand him. <laughs> but originally, the studio wanted Orson Welles for this role, but unfortunately, he was too expensive. <laughs> yeah... An even more interesting nugget of information about the actor that plays Goldfinger. I, I couldn't believe it when I read this. He, apparently, he was a former member of the Nazi party. And because of that, the film was actually banned in Israel for years. Until a Jewish family came forward to praise Gert Froba for protecting them from persecution during World War II. And he was kind of redeemed and then the movie was unbanned so that's kind of an interesting story I, I i think it's really just kind of fascinating that 
this guy not only was such a huge horrible part of history but also was one of the most iconic bond villains of all time it's like bizarre to me yeah it's it is crazy to think about like apparently also i read that because later on in the movie there's a point where goldfinger uses nerve gas and because of the actor's past as a a nazi he made a big stink about that and was very hesitant to have that part of his character because he's like listen i got some fucking bad history with that kind of stuff it's weird well even yeah here anybody's a nazi or was a nazi you, you automatically even if they did all the best things or whatever afterwards they were still a nazi right you know there's a reason in every form of media that has ever existed after world war ii the Nazis are the greatest villains of history. Yeah. You can't erase that off yourself. Right. Because even if this Jewish family came forward and vouched for him, essentially, saying that that he helped them, you know, I'm sure it doesn't take away from other horrible things he did during his time, you know, as as a Nazi. So it's, it's, it's just hard to contend with that and also like you can tell very clearly that the character is dubbed yeah oh yeah so it's just like the 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 whole character just seems very just weird like i don't even know how to describe it almost like out of place but i don't know it's very odd it is it is it's really the only way i can describe it i've never experienced this particular oddness before so that's the only way i can really describe it i i definitely understand was he supposed to be english yes that's why he's english but that's not that doesn't he even the dub voice doesn't sound like an english voice the dub voice has like an accent he's either english or swedish but he's like it's we i don't know it's an enigma. Goldfinger as a character is an enigma. Very much like Goldmember was an enigma in Austin Powers. Would you like a schmuck and a pancake? A what? A schmuck and a pancake. You know, flapjack and a cigarette? Hmm? All right. Sugar and a waffle? Pipe and a crepe? Bong and a blintz? No. Oh, well, then there is no pleasing you. So, we meet Goldfinger, who's playing Gin Rummy. And Bond immediately sees that Goldfinger has an earpiece in his ear. So he goes up to Goldfinger's room, breaks in, and finds Jill Masterson, a lovely blonde woman. Yes, we're going to call her blonde number one, because that's really who she is. Jill is relaying what the other guy has to Goldfinger, so he wins and keeps winning the guy's money. And James hijacks the radio we oh we also get this the first time we get the bond james bond Ooh! in the movie uh he hijacks the radio and tells goldfinger that he has to lose fifteen thousand dollars which upsets goldfinger very much but he then takes jill masterson off oh yeah like he's just practically laying on top of her while he's doing all this and then within not even five minutes they're making out and it's like oh all right that was quick (laughs) oh yeah bond doesn't slow down he gets his job done he's a spy he has to get everything done 
So Bond is now having sex with Jill Masterson in his room. They're making the coitus. <laughs> yes, the coitus. They're making the sweet love. They're fucking is what they're doing. Yes, they are fucking. There's a great point. Bond gets a call from his handler. He answers the phone. His handler goes, hey, can we have dinner to talk about, you know, Goldfinger some more? And he goes, uh, I'm a little busy. Uh, let's do breakfast tomorrow. And <laughs> Jill leans over his shoulder. Not too early. Oh, my God. Shoves he literally, like, palms her entire face and just pushes her away. And I'm hysterical. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? How and then she just like gets up and fucking like makes out with him. I'm like, damn, the fucking Sean Connery charm is quite potent. If like <laughs> you can just palm your face and still get it, <laughs> he's got a great penis. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> oh God, the powers of a good deep dicking. That's the fucking moral of the story in this movie. That's what I got out of this movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's really the... I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it, but, like, basically Bond doling out a good deep dicking saves the fucking world. So, I mean, that's the lesson here, kids. (laughs) Have safe sex unless it's with James Bond. (laughs) Oh, God. So James goes walking to the fridge in his robe. Uh, Frankie also remarks on Sean Connery's amazing chest hair. Oh, my God. It's like a bushel of just black... Just ooh, it's it's nice, <laughs> babe. You you have chest hair, and I dig your chest hair, but like it's like a rug. It's like a shag carpet on this man's chest. He's looking fine. I know I mentioned this already, but he's looking fine. Okay. Not not all girls like the chest hair. I I enjoy the chest hair. I don't need no dolphin chested men in my life. I want a man with some gruff. That is true. I do have gruff. Uh, so as James is leaning down to get his cold bottle of booze, he gets a chop to the neck and he's out cold. And then you see like the silhouette of odd job on the wall and it looked really cool. And I recognized it right away because of the odd job parody character in Austin Powers, who is basically odd job, except instead of throwing a hat, he throws a shoe. That really hurt. I'm gonna have a lump there, you idiot. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. The amount of times I said, who throws the shoe? Honestly, in this movie is really pathetic. That's really, yeah, it's just pathetic. I was going to try and say something to save myself, but no, it's just pathetic. Anyway. (laughs) So Bond wakes up and he finds Jill Masterson covered in gold, dead. On the bed, yeah. And uh, this image is pretty iconic. I I did recognize that as being a thing from this movie. Apparently, getting the actress who played Jill completely covered in gold paint took two hours which, by 64 standards, is probably pretty gruesome. Well, there's nothing compared to, like, some of these actors do when they sit in, like, the chair for eight hours. Well, that's what I'm saying. No one was doing that in the 1960s. No, I guess not. So sitting there for two hours, it's probably like, ugh. Yeah. A slog. But rumors were abounds at that time that the actress, Shirley Eaton, 
actually did die from the gold paint. <laughs> I remember hearing that like forever ago, like a, a old wives tale regarding this movie. But fortunately, that is not true. She did not actually die, this actress. It's actually scientifically impossible for that to happen. Because you don't breathe through your skin. Yeah, like later on when Bond is talking to M. Yes. When Ah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> I got the I got the letters. I was like, it's either M or Q. Anyway, so Bond is talking to M and he's like, Oh yes, her skin suffocated. Da-da-da-da. And I'm like, I don't think that's a thing. I mean, I'm not a doctor. But I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> M tells Bond that they have to have dinner with the man who runs England's gold reserve. He goes, no problem. I'll be there. Let me go get ready. But he has to flirt with Money Penny before he leaves. Oh, yes, Money Penny. Yes, and Money Penny wants that D. Money Penny wants that D real bad. Yeah, I, I knew Money Penny. She's supposed to be like down to earth girl that's a constant in Bond's life that's like always kind of waiting in the wings that kind of thing right yeah she's she's the one that Bond never sleeps with but really wants to sleep with <laughs> but she clearly wants to sleep with him so why don't they just fuck already because he's a secret agent he can't you can't tie he's a him. secret agent man secret agent man secret Am I the only one when I would hear that song thought it was Secret Asian Man? I thought that too when I was younger. Okay. So as long you, as I'm not by myself. No, you're not. I'm sure there are plenty of people who fought that initially. Secret Asian Man. Huh. Secret Asian Man. Imagine if they did an Asian James Bond. That'd be sick. It would be. They've, they're having problems trying to get Idris Elba to do it. They never. Get- I don't think. I think he's kind of over it at this point. He's been hearing that fucking shit for so long he's probably over it even still it's one of those things that if you cast a new bond you, you might want to go a little younger just so you can get yeah. more movies out of well them. now they're doing the girl i forget her name uh lashana lynch supposedly after the craig one this last craig one she's gonna take over is she is she british i don't know i only know she was the pilot in Captain Marvel, From right? From Captain Marvel, yeah, like the best friend in Captain Marvel, which I didn't really like that movie, but she wasn't bad in it. No. It wasn't, you know, it was, she was fine, whatever, but... And you can't tell who's fucking British anymore because all these British actors can fucking do an American accent perfectly. That's true. It's 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 insane. None of us can do a British accent. Well, some of us can. Just, you know, Scott can't. A lot of people can't. I can do a British accent. That's about the only accent I can do. Should I just do the British accent throughout this episode? No, probably not. Well, I think it'd be fun to see how how far I can keep it going before I annoy everyone. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, It's really not that good, (laughs) to be fair. He gets a piece of a gold, Nazi gold brick. So he's supposed to go entice Goldfinger with this brick. And he needs to go get his ride now oh yes they give him a really pretty looking aston martin gorgeous yeah it's really pretty i'm not a big car gal myself but it was a really really pretty car and apparently because of this movie 
the Aston Martin at this time became really very, very popular. What a shock. Uh, so, yeah, Q shows him all the bells and whistles of this car, which most of these gadgets are real. They do. They did exist in the car. The car did have something that shot oil out of the back, had uh, the exhaust pumped a bunch of smoke. The glass was as close to bulletproof as it mm-hmm. could be. And what I thought was funny, too, at one point, there's a, a red button. Like, you open the gear shift, and there's a red button inside. And he's like, don't press the button. Whatever you do, don't press the button. Did you hear what I said, Mr. Bond? Don't press the button. So immediately I'm like, okay, so he's going to press the button. <laughs> When's well, he going to press the button? So Q goes, the last thing he says to Bond is, please bring everything back in working order. And Bond, of course, goes, well, it's tough in the field, Q. You know, there's wear and tear, <laughs> you know. This is like a running joke throughout the Bond movies is Q always tells Bond, every Bond, to be like, please bring everything back. And he will never. James Bond never brings anything back. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think it's it's interesting watching this especially as someone who isn't really into the Bond movies because you recognize all of the spy movie tropes in this movie. This obviously wasn't the first Bond movie, but it was early on in the yes, this franchise and early on in the spy genre. Yes, what you realize is Bond created all the tropes. <laughs> Everybody who had it afterwards took it from James Bond. There's a reason... Every spy movie gets compared to James Bond at some point. So James flies off and he's going to play his uh, round of golf with Goldfinger. This is also where we get introduced officially to Odd Job. Yes, played by Harold Sakata. This was his first movie role. He is a Japanese-American weightlifter and pro wrestler. Odd Job is a mute character he he's like a big brick house and he wears a fucking tux and a bowler hat <laughs> and he's very very scary he is he also i don't know if you said it there but he won a silver medal in the 1948 olympics oh no yeah. i didn't know that yeah, okay he's a, he's a silver medalist in uh weightlifting damn so he is damn good at what he does it's funny because uh, you've never played the game GoldenEye, but the game GoldenEye was a shooter you played with a bunch of your friends. You get four friends together, and you all go try and kill each other on random maps. Of course, Odd Job is in the game. But the Odd Job character was mixed up with another character who shows up later on in the series who's a little person. Ah, okay. So Odd Job became a little person, even though Odd Job is. A brick house, as you said. Yeah, like so legit. his character in the game became like four foot two. Huh. And he had the hat, which was an insta kill. And oh. no one could punch him because it, every time you try to punch him, every character would just punch over him. <laughs> and it, it was a pain in the butt. It's one of the biggest glitches in all of gaming. That's so weird. So but yeah, every time, again, every time he came on screen, I just couldn't help but go who throws a shoe honestly because he he has his little bowler hat and inside the bowler hat is like a fucking razor sharp 
fucking saw thing and he fucking chucks it at things and decapitates motherfuckers it's a fucking cool ass weapon okay it's very fashionable and functional yeah for being a mute character he's still very cool so uh they yes as frankie said they play around the golf uh, boring they- i was dying i was dying of boredom like literally it just reminded me of like when i was a kid and my dad would watch golf every weekend and i would just be bored out of my skull <laughs> so bond bets the gold bar and goldfinger bets money to match the gold bar bond realizes very early on that goldfinger is cheating he ends up catching goldfinger and changing his ball so Goldfinger ends up getting disqualified and losing and having to pay Bond 5,000 pounds. Uh-huh. And he is very upset about this. But Goldfinger also, as he's paying Bond, tells him, this isn't the first time we've met, and I know it's you from the hotel in Miami. Get the fuck away from me and stay away. <laughs> yeah. Bond bugs his car, and uh, the car gets on a plane and flies to Switzerland. Switzerland? Switzerland? Yes. That, don't cut that. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Oh, I don't think we're going to cut that. <laughs> I think we're going to keep it. Oh, thank you, dear. So now uh, there's this lady who flies by Bond. We'll call her blonde number two. <laughs> it turns out she's Jill Masterson's sister. Tilly. But... Yeah, it's not important, really. She's not around long enough to really care. That's the thing that annoyed me because, okay, here's what happens, guys. So Bond's driving down the road, tracking down Goldfinger, and Tilly passes him in the road. He loses her, and he's like, oh, darn, she was an attractive woman. I wanted some pussy. Discipline, discipline, (laughs) discipline. Darn it. Anyway, he keeps following Goldfinger. And he follows him to like this cliff edge or whatever. And overhead, you see the outline of Tilly on this higher peak. And she shoots out over and you think she's shooting at Bond. But really, she's trying to shoot at Goldfinger because, you know, he killed her fucking sister. Yeah. So they end up meeting again and Bond ends up taking out her tires with his little gadget oh yes he causes a fucking accident on the side of the road where like it's a fucking there's a cliff's edge over the like she he could have easily killed this woman but when she pulled over after this little accident of of him popping her tires she's very like snippy with him and demanding and like sassy you know you're lucky to be alive no thanks to you you should have pulled over further Please take me to the nearest garage. Certainly. By the way, my name is Bond. Um, As quickly as possible. So I was like, oh, okay, she's going to be the new love interest for the movie. And it's going to be scandalous because he fucked her sister. But, you know, she challenges him because she's sassy or whatever. And, um, no... I was wrong. She's basically pointless and she's just there to be blonde number two. Yeah, so Bond is now staking out Goldfinger's enterprise. He realizes that Goldfinger is smuggling gold through cars and he hears the name Operation Grand Slam. Isn't 
that like a Denny's thing? The Grand Slam is a Denny's thing, yes. Are they going to buy a Denny's franchise? Yes. Goldfinger is actually starting Denny's. Are, are they going to have moons over their hammies? I think that's a thing <laughs> from Denny's. I don't know. I've never been to Denny's in my life. I've been to Denny's. I, I've never heard of a moon. Moon over Moons over your hammy? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I'm almost positive. <laughs> okay. Unless it's a, some kind of weird sex thing. <laughs> Yes, if you ask for a moon over your hammy <laughs> and we'll go to the bathroom, no, wait, you get some pussy galore. <laughs> I'm going to look it up because I'm never going to go to fucking Denny's to find out for myself. The Denny's Moons Over My Hammy is like an extra fancy grilled cheese sandwich. By adding ham, scrambled eggs, and a second cheese, you end up with a sandwich full of delights. That's literally what it says on the fucking Google. What it, Denny's, are you sponsored by Google? What is this? So Bond sees that Tilly has got the sniper rifle out, jumps her. She's like, get off me. She sets off the silent alarm with the sniper rifle. Yeah, and he's like, why were you shooting at me, you dumbass? And she's like, I wasn't. I was trying to get Goldfinger. And he's like, you're a terrible shot. But mind you, to be fair, you almost killed her too, asshole, just because you wanted the pretty blonde to pull over. Now there's a car chase. Bond smokescreens some people, causing them to smash into a tree. He oil slicks another car, which falls off the side of a mountain and blows up before it hits anything. You know, because cars do that. He gets into a firefight, and then Tilly gets hit with Oddjob's hat and is dead. I thought he fucking decapitated her. No, I think he just slit her throat. I mean, I really was surprised by that because I thought that they were going to fuck. Because why bother introducing this character's sister and she wants to avenge her sister's death and da 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 and then just kill her? Within like 10 minutes of her being in the movie. <laughs> I didn't get that. We just need blonde number two. Yeah. So Bond has a guy pointing a gun at him in his car. Bond ejector seats him and then... Uh, oh, yes. He the- pressed the button, guys. He did it. He yes. pressed the button. He goes on another chase, but he ends up crashing and he gets captured. And we cut to him being strapped to a table. So Goldfinger goes, I have this giant laser. Are those sharks with laser beams attached to their heads? You know, I have one simple request. And that is to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heads. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So he has this giant laser, and he goes, this will cut through metal, and it keeps getting closer. Fire the laser! just gonna keep doing austin powers lines okay sorry go ahead oh god and the laser keeps getting closer and closer to james bond's crotch oh yeah i was like you're gonna laser his dick off that's the source of his power they can't laser his dick off so bond looks at goldfinger goes with the most famous line in this entire movie you expect me to talk no mr bond i expect you to die And uh, he starts to walk off. He goes, but I know about Operation Grand Slam. And the person who will come after me knows about Operation Grand Slam. And he goes, no, you don't. You just heard that. He goes, can you take that chance? And it's really close to his crotch. And Goldfinger goes, shut it off. No, I can't take that chance. So Bond gets tranked and then wakes up on the jet plane. when We meet our final main character. Oh, my God. 
Pussy Galore. Played by Honor Blackman. And uh, fun fact, the studio, surprisingly, had a little bit of an issue with her name originally. They tried to push for her name to be Kitty Galore instead. But uh, apparently it didn't work out (laughs) too well. (laughs) I guess they they decided to pick their battles and that would not be one of them. (laughs) But the best part of the character of Pussy Galore, besides the fact that she is a badass bitch, which we'll get to, but the other best part is the way James Bond says her name throughout the movie. He doesn't say pussy. Pussy. No, he's like pussy. 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 <laughs> yeah, he, he holds on to you a couple of times. Pussy. It's, it's, You're a marvelous woman, Pussy. Yeah, when she initially says her name, like, hi, I'm Pussy Galore, he goes, I must be dreaming. Uh, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> so she tells him she's Goldfinger's private pilot, but Goldfinger went ahead and she has to fly him. He tells her initially that because she points a gun at him. He goes, you don't want to shoot me in the plane because you'll depressurize the cabin and we'll crash and die. Yeah, that would uh, not be good. No. At one point, you know, he's he's just obnoxiously flirting with pussy and then she goes, turn off the charm. I'm immune. And as soon as she said that, I was like, okay, so she's the love interest and she's definitely going to fuck him. Exactly. <laughs> but despite the fact that technically pussy galore is blonde number three she is actually a decent character i liked pussy galore yes how many times can we say the word pussy in this review pussy 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 so bond sets off his his tracking beacon that he has in his shoe who tracks a shoe honestly (laughs) the fbi picks up the tracker calls england who says don't interfere James Bond's on top of it. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) He wishes he was on top of that pussy right now. But James Bond is not on top of it. He gets thrown in jail in Kentucky. As you do. He now goes and meets with like random members of the mafia. And he is starting to work on telling him his plan. Oh my god, this mafia scene is so weird. Like the mafiosos in this fucking scene are all so annoying. (laughs) They're so obnoxiously mafioso. There's this pool table in the middle of the room where all these guys are at. And Goldfinger flips the pool table around like it's a trick table. And anyone with two eyes in their head can see, oh, this is a trick table. And it's flipping and turning into something else. How clever. But apparently, I don't know, maybe the studio thought that people we're just going to suffer momentary blindness in the scene because they basically just have the mafiosos explain everything that's happening right in front of your eyes. Like as soon as the table starts turning, all the mafiosos are like, Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey, it's a trick table. What is this? It's a table that flips around. What is this? It's like, okay, we understand. And then it happens like a bunch of more times. All this crazy automated shit's happening in the room. Like, the windows are shutting on their own. And the, all the guys are like, oh, the windows are closed. It's getting dark in here. It's like, okay, we understand what's happening. What's this merry-go-round? Oh, yeah, the floor. The floorboards, like, shift. All the guys are like, wait, what is this? A merry-go-round? What's going on here? Bobby the boopy. 
Peter, you can't speak Italian just because you have a mustache. As an Italian, I'm offended. So while this is going on, James is in his cell and starts playing peekaboo with the guard. Oh, that was so weird. Yeah, it looked like he was flirting with him. I'm like, are you trying to get some dick right now, James Bond? I mean, I'm not judging you. His penis works always, Frankie. I mean, it's a magical penis. It is a magical penis. He finally, he does like the elevator bit and goes under the door. And the guard's like, what the fuck? By the way, there's no way out of this room. Even if he ducked under the door. Yeah, like, what do you think he was doing? Like, he probably, like, for all you know, he was squatting to take up shit. Like, what? I don't understand what you thought. The guy fucking, the guard goes up to the door and gets whacked by fucking yeah, Bond. Yeah, Bond jumps down from the rafters, knocks him out, and he breaks out. And he goes, and of course, here's Goldfinger's plan that they're going to gas Fort Knox and then break in. And, of course, Pussy Galore knocks him down and is like... Uh, 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 Mr. Bond. She's got some uh, fucking judo shit going on. She's the fucking queen. Now, one of the mafiosos decides, you know what? I don't need to break into Fort Knox. I don't need this shit. Oh, yeah. And you know what his name is, guys? You know what his name is? You know, that that one lone mafioso? Solo. (gasps) Could this be a distant relative of the infamous Han Solo? (gasps) Could James Bond... And Star Wars take place in the same universe? <gasps> conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we're just going to start conspiracy theories every episode now? Yeah. Bond meets up with Solo and Goldfinger. Pussy takes him there. Bond pockets the tracker in Solo's pocket. But that doesn't matter because as the FBI is following him, Ajab kills him. While this is also happening, he kills the rest of the mafiosos with the Delta 9 gas. Yeah, does he just kill them just because like, there's no really use for them at yeah, this Yeah, pretty much. So he just he needed them to deliver the gas to him. Yes. And then once he did that, then they, he could have killed them. So yeah. then why did he even bother telling them about his master plan? Cause, well, because he owed them each a million dollars, and to bring them all there, he had to make it to seem like there was another thing... Hmm. Sounds like a lot of hoopla. Sounds like a lot of hoopla. Sounds like a hoopla. Hoopla. Oh god. So Bond is being watched by five guards, but Goldfinger realizes the FBI is watching him. So he brings Bond out of the cage, and is having a nice drink with Bond. And Bond is guessing his entire plan that it's not really about stealing the gold it's about blowing up the gold and causing it to be radioactive so they're going to place a nuclear bomb in fort knox blowing it up so the purpose of that the purpose of blowing up fort knox's gold essentially would be if i'm not mistaken it would be to make his gold more valuable yes goldfinger tells pussy galore lead bond around to scare off the fbi which that would be your first mistake sir don't put any able-bodied attractive woman in that man's orbit don't you know his penis is magical no he doesn't he doesn't realize that james bond's penis is magical but i mean don't you have two eyes can't you see this man is gorgeous and suave it, that doesn't matter to Goldfinger. Goldfinger has money, so people he can just pay people to fuck him. 
So Pussy walks Bond into the barn. Bond tries to convince Pussy to join Pussy. his Pussy <laughs> to join his side. Uh, but Pussy's not having it. They have a quick little throwdown. Yeah, they basically are just like flipping each other over and over. And then they literally have a nice little roll in the hay. Eventually, Bond kisses her and Pussy melts into his arms. Because he's got the magic penis. Gold penis. Gold member. Oh, God. Sing it, Beyonce. He's got the Midas touch. Now we cut to the day of the plan, and Pussy Galore, of course, has a Blue Angel group, kind of. Oh, yes, yeah, more blondes, you guys. It's basically just a bunch of blondes that fly planes yeah okay sure uh so as they're flying they're letting go a gas and knocking out everyone at fort knox all these people have some of the most ridiculous falls i've ever seen oh yeah it was pretty fucking funny and i was saying as it was happening to scott i was like so all these men these military men with guns and fucking tanks there are no major accidents with the tanks no guns go off nothing everybody's fine bond gets dragged in with odd job and they go in with the bomb goldfinger lets them in and he's like huh mr bond uh, you are finally where i want you and they handcuff james bond to the bomb while this is happening, all the people who were unconscious start to rise because they were faking it. Ah, because Pussy actually did f- turn sides with James Bond after all of this time working with Goldfinger and being promised all of this money from this plan that they're fucking doing. She just has one good deep dicking with <laughs> with James Bond and suddenly she's a good guy now. Okay, James Bond's deep dicking saves the world. Indeed. So they uh, they start a firefight. Goldfinger changes into army clothes. He gets away, but closes the vault, locking Oddjob, another member of his group, and James Bond in the vault. The other guy's like freaking out. It's like, oh, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And Oddjob just throws him to his death. Yeah, but he had the key to the handcuffs, so Bond was able to, like, drag the bomb over to this guy's fucking corpse so he could get the key and unhook himself. And while that's happening, Oddjob's running down the stairs. Oh, yeah, it looked like fucking Labyrinth. Like, I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) Like, this is a joke. And Oddjob and James Bond start having this this fight. Oddjob throws his hat. He misses. Uh, 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 uh. Who throws a hat? Honestly. <laughs> Odd job does. James throws a gold bar at Odd Job and hits him in the chest and just bounces off and oh, he yeah, smiles that was funny. at him. I was half expecting it to go boing. <laughs> Every bit of offense James gets, he gets his ass kicked. Finally, James grabs the hat from the floor and he's trying to like fake Odd Job out. Like, I'm going to throw the hat and Odd Job's like, whoa, 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 calm down. Calm down there. James throws the hat, misses. It gets stuck in some metal bars, 
and James grabs a loose electrical wire and shocks the bar, killing Oddjob. Yeah, it was definitely a cool scene. What I really appreciated about it, though, at that point, it's it's the biggest fight so far in the movie, and it really had zero score at all. Like, there was no music under it. And at first, I thought it was weird because, again, the fight choreography, it's not how fight choreography is today where it's very crisp and clean. It is kind of clunky. And their fight really is really clunky. Like, at one point, Bond just runs at Oddjob just straight on. And Oddjob lifts him up like a fucking ballerina. It's a fucking hot mess. But for some reason because of the clunkiness and because there isn't any music under it it really does kind of add a realism to the whole thing and i i think it definitely differed from normal big fights in movies like this where there's just like a, a booming score and the music swelling and you know i mean they they have that later on with goldfinger but it worked for odd job and him. Yeah, so Bond gets to go towards the bomb and he has a minute left to like open the bomb case and disarm it. Time's running down. Finally the vault gets open, but he's still he's like there's thirty seconds left. He get he's looking at the bomb, trying to figure out what to do. I literally was like, just fuck it. Fuck the bomb. <laughs> Your penis is the solution to all our problems. But some random guy comes off and just switches it off. Yeah, that was so anticlimactic. It was weird. And I was like, I didn't even know who it was. I was like, is that anybody we know? And you're like, no, no, no. Okay. (laughs) That was very anticlimactic. So yeah, Bond is the hero. He saved the day, basically. They're like, the president wants to thank you personally. So uh, we got you this plane and we put liquor on it for free people. He goes, who are the other two people? He goes, there are no other people. Meaning Bond's going to have Three yeah, people's worth of liquor. Yeah, fucking trash. He's gonna get lit. They take off, and then suddenly, Goldfinger's on the plane. That was funny because they made it seem like it was over, and la di da di da. We're going to the White House, and the president's gonna give me a medal, and I'm gonna get shit faced, and everything is wonderful. And I totally forgot Goldfinger was even in, still in play. And then when he showed up in the plane, I remember I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't actually see what happened to you. <laughs> he points a gun at Bond and Bond goes, I told Pussy also not to shoot the gun in the plane. Pussy. <laughs> and, I told Pussy galore. <laughs> and of course, he's like, where is she? And he goes, oh, she's flying, but I'll take care of her later. And he kind of gets distracted and they start kind of a fist fight. Yeah. And this is where we get the ultimate boss fight score and they're going at it yes exactly and uh eventually goldfinger shoots out a window and we get the cartoony him getting sucked out the window oh my god it was so the effects were just rough guys i mean i get it; it's the 60s so i wasn't mad but like it's just funny to watch because he's just getting sucked out of the fucking <laughs> the plane window and he's like a big guy it just looks like fucking winnie the pooh so the plane's going down james goes to pussy goes can we fix this at all she goes no we're gonna crash so of course they jump out at the last second and parachute down oh yes and then the last scene of the movie is all the fbi people are in helicopters and whatnot looking for them 
and pussy has her white jacket in her hands and she's waving it trying to get their attention and bond just pulls her down he's like oh no you don't this is no time for a rescue and he just like envelops them in this huge freaking parachute and you know gives her another world saving deep dicking (laughs) and that's the moral of the story kids a little pussy goes a long way <laughs> oh my goodness okay so and that was goldfinger that was goldfinger so frankie what is your final rating on goldfinger i gave goldfinger a three and a half out of five there were points here and there where i was a little underwhelmed you know not as entertained as i was hoping i would be for example, the, the golf sequence was not about that life. But overall, I had a lot of fun with it. Sean Connery was adorbs. And it's cool to watch movies like this that basically created the spy genre the way we know it today. Yes, indeed it is. I have it as a four and a half. I love this movie. Goldfinger has become kind of a great villain. Uh, he has shown up in games and stuff. He's fun. He's a fun villain. He loves Sean Connery. As Frankie said, a lot of the spy tropes we know nowadays come from early Bond movies. So next week, uh, I will be showing Scott a movie that I have loved for a long time i haven't watched it in a few years so i'm excited to rewatch it and i'm excited to show it to scott the only hint that i will give you guys as to what this movie is it was at its time at its release a huge huge oscar film i know it's a shock with me i i I picked an Oscar film for us to watch, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be super fun. Scott's not looking forward to it, but I'm going to turn it around, guys. I promise. <laughs> uh. But until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And please, if you could, give us a vote for Best Podcast in the Best of Long Island competition. It's still going on right now. Voting is open till December 15th. You can vote once every single day. Links to that will be on our social media as well. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. Yes. Oh, my God. A legend. And we love your chest hair and your magical dick. Make sure you come back next week for our Oscarific, splendiferous movie adventure. I don't know how to be. No crib on MTV. God only knows. Got my mini me in the GP. See how it goes. Evil's all that I see. And you ask me my name? G to the Rizzo. E to the Bizzo. I to the Lizzo.